button. Boom! We're recording. Numbers are like uh, changing. They're they're changing. They're going from up. Ones. Oh, they that's just, good. They just yeah. keep going. You never up. want them to go down. They just keep going up. If the numbers go down, we get younger. Oh well, then reverse it. Turn turn. Because I could really on. use some numbers going down. Yeah. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Hey everybody, welcome to Bobsleds and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, you thought you knew what you could wear at Downtown Disney, but you were wrong. Halloween's canceled for everybody. You don't get Halloween this year. Aaron's least favorite show gets the most Emmy Awards ever. I'm sorry, Emmy nominations ever. Yeah, let's not count the uh, Emmys before they hatch. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be getting a host of holidays to celebrate. We're going to be talking about the Jungle Cruise board game. And in our main segment, we're going to be talking about things you never knew you never knew about the Jungle Cruise. My name is Scott Storm, and with me... <laughs> what is so funny? It's not even that I'm funny. So I'm trying to figure out which one I want to use. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Well, we'll... I'm going to give you a couple. Okay, good. I'll pick? Yeah. All right. The Trader Sam to my Albert Falls, the man who will give you two of his heads for one of yours, the man who insists the best side of water is the back side of water. I liked all three of those were really good. Well, you can keep all of them in if you I'm want. I'm going to because I like them. They're, right. they're good. Hey, man. Hey. How's your week been? Uh, good, yeah. It has? Yeah. yeah. No, it's been terrible. But, uh, you know. Are you not living in society? No. It's just great. Yeah. <laughs> it's been awful. It's, just, <laughs> it's a nervous reaction. How are you? Good, good. It was good. It was good. There's nothing wrong. Everything's great. Why do you ask? I'm fine. Yeah, why? Did you Stop asking. What do you care? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, you know, work, work is uh, the same as it was back uh, in the Stone Age when we worked with Back in March. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when we... Remember what March was like? It's mm, still like that. Remember when we were working on that wheel? Still feels oh, like we're, yeah. we're taking a crack at it. And uh, yeah, excited to talk about the Jungle Cruise. Hey, let me tell you about what I discovered this past week. Okay, yeah, The tell me. Floor is Lava on Netflix. Really? Are you watching The Floor is Lava? I have seen it. Oh my goodness. This has become a family favorite show. Oh no. We watch it every evening now. Like we get done with dinner. We clean up dinner. We clean up the kitchen. The kids get their pajamas on and we're like, okay, we're watching the floor is lava. And I I can't explain why it is so addictive. Yeah. It's a, just a great family game show that is so much fun to watch. I have seen it. And you disagree? uh, Yeah. What, 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 what? What, do you not like fun? Do you not yeah, like... Yeah, that's the you, problem. That's the thing is that you just I'm really against fun. Anti-fun. I can understand that. Um, what is it that you dislike about the show? Feels sometimes like, feels like a little... Not scripted, but it feels a little bit like, I'm going to pull the lever. Okay, you're going to pull the lever? I'm going to pull the lever. There, there, There is that. Okay. There is that. You're right. Okay. But the... I, I just think there's a cleverness to the show. I, you know, there's... how How many game shows out there... Are you able to sit down that is like 100% family friendly? Like everybody's going to enjoy it one way or the other. Like, yeah. I just don't think there are a lot out there. Hey. I, I recommend you watching it again. Okay. I recommend our listeners watching it. It's a lot of fun. 
Do you hear the jingle jangle that I just made? Just a jingle jangle. My 13-year-old will not allow me to watch The Floor is Lava. She won't? No. Why not? She doesn't like it, and so I'm, I'm going to put it on, and she's going to be like, it's so boring. Man, she's that jaded at 13, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's what happens. I'm really excited to talk about that board game, though. Uh, well, I can't wait. Let's get to the news first. Okay, let's do it. Let's uh... yodel in that news. <laughs> And now we've yodeled out of that news. The news has been yodeled. What do you want to talk about first? Well, the news hasn't been yodeled. We've just queued it up. On the news? Shouldn't the news always be yodeled? <laughs> what if it be news? <laughs> yes. If there was a channel, like a YouTube channel that says like... It was like... You can't go outside. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> President Trump. <laughs> That's just all of it. That's all. It's every story. Speaker of the House of Nancy Pelosi who disagrees with the Trump administration. Yep. Dude, we need to start that. It's too good because it makes people happy. If John Krasinski can do some good news, yeah, some good news, we can do some yodeling news. Yeah. Everything is better when you yodel it. It's just like, I can deal with it. A lot of strife in the country now. A lot of polar ideas. But somehow when you put a on the end of it, I'm well, like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be okay as a nation. We are going, we've just hit on something that no one else has ever yeah, the problem of. is we're not going to do it because we're all wrapped up in Bob Sons and Manthas and somebody's going to take that idea and I'm going to be like, that. we had that idea. Remember when we, remember remember when we were going to yodel in the news as, as a job? Remember when we were going to be the two anchors? Here is your last paycheck! Unemployment is to the left. <laughs> do you remember when we were going to be the co-anchors of YNN, the Yodel News Network? <laughs> yeah, dude, I am sorry, but the way the internet works, it dictates that YNN, Yodel ha- News Network, has already existed. Yes, and it's already existed. So, <laughs> so uh, I since the last time we podcasted, yeah, which was just hours ago, it was like everything's changed. It was minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, what hasn't changed is we're still in the middle of COVID nineteen. Great. great. Uh, other than that, everything has changed. Disney reduced their mask uh, allowances okay. at Downtown Disney twice within the past week. Wow. What does that mean? Reduce their what they what considered to be a mask or yeah, what is okay. considered to be acceptable mask wear at yes. Downtown Disney. So originally they had said. Hey, uh, you know those, I think they call them gator, mm-hmm. so like yeah. like the buffs, right, that yeah. you can wear? Yeah, it's a, a semi-permanent bandana. Yeah, It's right. like a train robber that's also going to go skiing later. Y- yes, that's yeah. correct. And so, you used to be a fan of the gator. I love the gator. Yeah. I, in fact, I, uh, I own a couple of gators. Yeah. And they're, you want to know why I love them? Yeah, tell me. Because when this whole coronavirus thing is gone, yeah. I can still use it. Yeah, those. yeah, you can kind of still go scarfy with it. Yeah, I can go scarfy with it. I can I can wear it as a as a, a do-rag. Yeah, you totally can. Mm-hmm. You know, I could wear it as just a headband if I wanted to. Tupac storm. If I was thin enough, I could wear it as some sort of tube top. Wow. <laughs> but I'm not going to. That's for the I'm Patreon. not going to. <laughs> At any rate, Disneyland has said no more gators. You're not yeah. allowed to wear gators. Nope, that doesn't count as a face covering. Even you're also your face. you're also not allowed to wear the age old train robber bandana over yep. your face. Makes so they sense. have said only masks, only masks with some sort of ear loop. Uh, and then earlier this week they said, well, not just that, but you can't wear anything that has any type of ventilation in them yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, no valves, which is a bummer because I I was when we go to Disney, I was planning on bringing my full shop. Uh, uh, my full shot mask with the two uh, charcoal the, filters on yeah, each side. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to wear all day. Right, I was going to wear my my uh, mask that prevents Agent Orange. <laughs> I was just going to wear <laughs> exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm good. I'm good for the day. So uh, yeah, so they've said you can't do that. So uh, all you can wear is your N95 masks or the masks that I guess you can buy at Disney stores. Of course, yeah. Right. Uh, which Ooh, yeah. I interesting. Don't, I, there is this 
I don't want to say that there is a nefarious of course not. Uh, 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 angle here. I don't think that there is, but I just I really don't understand the reason why you, Disney is not allowing these. I'm not I'm not really sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that uh, the the more we get into it, I mean I, I don't know if we want to take this in a funny direction or not, but I, I think there's always okay. Well, no, I mean I'm not going to take it in a funny direction. I think there's some concern of how. Uh, how things escape from masks underneath and above and, okay. and when there's uh, sneezing and moving and people at different levels and people at different heights in Disneyland you have people you know that are small and big next to each other and so I think they want a mask that sort of Covers, covers and keeps the actual- things in, and I just think we're we're trying not to use that word mask. We're trying to call it other things, but then you have to be like, well, that's not actually a mask. That's just your hand over your face. Like, like oh, but I put a sock on my hand, and then I cover. That's my mask. Like, well, that yeah, no. So they, I'm wearing I'm I'm wearing a Incredible Hulk latex mask that I'm yeah. wearing over my face. Yeah. That's my mask, and that doesn't. So yeah, so it makes sense that they're gonna have to get to a place where they where if if it is a, if this is a safety procedure, you're gonna have to get to a place where you with that where that is unified, or else there's not really a point in having it. I guess. So, I guess. So yeah. So speaking of uh, things that make uh, going to Disney more awkward right okay. now, let's talk about it. Uh, the Oogie Boogie Bash, yeah, canceled. has been officially canceled. Now we talked about this a couple weeks ago that the uh, not so scary Halloween party, not so scary, and and also I I think probably even more shocking is uh, both from a fear standpoint and also from a news announcement standpoint yeah. is that Universal's. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights it w- will not be taking place. That is huge. That's huge because that's a giant moneymaker for Universal. Huge advertising, huge YouTuber event, huge yep. social media thing. I mean, horror, it's it's neat. Like it does so much YouTube traffic. Like yeah. that thing is a huge thing. And it's also a banner anniversary year this year too. I, oh, I bummer. can't remember which one it is. Maybe it's. 20 years i think maybe it's 20 years what a bummer anyways a big banner year so yeah oogie boogie bash has been canceled along with all the other halloween uh special events for theme parks and i I mean i guess is this a news item it's a news item in that it's important to report it yeah but i don't think anybody is surprised by it yeah it's too bad (laughs) uh hey your favorite show the Mandalorian. Oh, I thought you were going to say How I Met Your Mother. Nope. Your favorite show, The Mandalorian, nominated for 15 Emmys. Yeah. Okay. 15 right, Emmys. Buddy. Yeah, that's great. Totally. It's interesting to me that a show that you don't think is very good. Yeah, yeah would get for reasons that we have nominations, not explored. though. I mean, how many shows could be nominated? There's not even that many shows right now. How many shows could be nominated? That I mean, mean, I anything. suppose you're right. That's, that's not to say anything. They didn't win anything yet. They have not won anything. They're going to, though. They're going to. This is the way, this is the way my life goes. Outstanding drama series, The Mandalorian. False. Outstanding character voiceover performance. Taika Only because Watiti. he's wearing a mask. No, it's Taika Waititi who did uh, okay. IG Eleven. Okay, fine. Outstanding guest actor as a drama series. False. Giancarlo who? Esposito. Or, sorry, Esposito. Okay. Uh, Moff Gideon. Yeah. Okay. Who's like, he's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible in that show. Outstanding production design for a narrative program. Outstanding yes. cinematography for a single camera series. Yes. Outstanding fantasy sci-fi no, costumes. No, false. No, false with the camera, single camera thing. This is a new way of production. You can't put it into existing categories. It is a single camera episode. It's a single camera. Just backed by massive amounts of technology. Okay, it's not NCIS. I, right. I mean, I agree with you about that, but it is a single camera production. I know, but it's being backed. Okay, fine. Keep okay, going. Would you rather have outstanding cinematography for a groundbreaking technology yes, yes. of how to film a new TV show? Exactly. Okay, yes. Right, yeah, that's exactly enough. what I would like. All right. So, so far, I think in my head, they, they deserve four of these nominations. Outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. Only. 100% Only Of what show's that. going up against it? It doesn't matter. Okay, fine. It should win whatever it is. 
Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. I don't know. Is the editing amazing? I understand. Te- fine. I mean, is the do you ever watch The Mandalorian? Go like, that was a good cut. That was a great cut. Uh, yeah, I would say. <laughs> right, fine. I, would I say, don't. No, this shit is ridiculous. Both the first episode and the last two episodes alone have incredible editing. Outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series. How can you judge the editing? You didn't see what the original footage looked like. You don't know what they're paring down from. You could tell whether it's paced well or whether it lags. Fine. Keep going with these does it have a, Does it have George Lucas-inspired star wipes? <laughs> yeah. Does it or does it not? It does. It does. Yeah, it does. it does. I thought so. Yes. Cartwheel wipe. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was nominated for best cartwheel in Outst- a single... <laughs> outstanding cartwheel wipe in a single camera <laughs> exactly. series. Exactly. Fine. I'll give it that. Uh, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series. Okay. Sure. Outstanding music composition for a series. False. Yes. False. Yes. There's not even any music in the show. Are you kidding me? There's... Have you listened to the soundtrack from The Mandalorian? No. It is straight out of a Western. It is straight out of every single spaghetti Western okay. you can listen to. Okay. You could put that on for a Western theme party. You think it's going to clean up all these categories? The Mandalorian is just... <sighs> you me, love I'm this. Sorry. You Let love me... this news item. You just love it. Outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama. Okay. Sure. Yep, right. Outstanding sound mixing. Let's put those together in a category. Outstanding sound mixing. Hey, all we have to work with is a laugh track. How come Mandalorian is just like laser blasts and stuff like that? I understand. We filmed our show in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) They laughed every single time we told them to. I don't know. The other people just had to, yeah. It was like clinking. They just went with an Allen wrench and started hitting metal with it. That's the entire thing of the Mandalorian. Keep going. Outstanding special visual effects. Yes. 100%. Yeah, sure. And outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series. No. No? No. I can't think of one stunt in that show. How do you know what's CG and what's not CG? How about the entire uh, sequence where the Mandalorian climbs the Jawa Sandcrawler yeah. and gets pummeled repeatedly but, but and knocked down? How do you know he's not just leaning on, or, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a green mattress? Is that really a stunt? I mean, did he really fall off a burning tower? How about, how about the fact that the Mandalorian gets continually beat up in literally every episode of that show. I believe even you said, I don't understand how you can have a hero that gets beat up that much. Or something something similar to that. But that guy is constantly getting knocked down. There's constant stunts in there. Join with me, people of the internet. And how many of you think it's going to win of these? This is the the bummer. Here's the bummer, Mr. Storm. I think it's going to win a lot of them. I think it's going to win a lot of them. I I think think it's going to win a lot of them. I think outstanding drama series. It is, listen, it is a groundbreaking drama series. So I think it'll probably win that. Groundbreaking in what regard? The fact that they've taken an entire Star Wars aesthetic and put it into a yeah, half hour, yeah, 40 yeah. minute long Yeah, I have another series. friend that said the exact same thing. I really got uh, Who's that friend? Maybe I want to host a podcast this with Jason. them. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. should. Yeah, you guys Hey, Jason, sure. hit me up. I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for a, a co-host. Yeah, I, I, sent him, I, I sent him a note about how much I didn't like The Mandalorian one day, and I got like a four-hour voicemail back of him being like, I think we're going to have- <laughs> you're, ter- you're a terrible person. Like, do you know how huge it is to take the world of Star Wars and put it into a 30-minute like thing? Like, do you know what a massive achievement was? I was like, oh, no, really? It is the same. I mean, I would say it is the equivalent of, and maybe maybe this shows how much you don't care about these things. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. But when the Avengers came out and you were watching a movie where you have all of these superheroes and you're like, never in my lifetime did I think that we would be seeing a live action version of this. Yeah. And not only this, but that it being built from separate movies that they were all a part of that now this is a team thing. Like that, that effect is the exact same effect of saying, I can't believe they took Star Wars and turned it into a weekly serial that I get to watch. You're right. I mean, you guys are all right on that. I just thought at the end of the day, it would be better written. And, uh, and we can we can totally disagree with that. I don't think the episodes are well written. That's just me. 
when are we doing our Mandalorian retrospective? <laughs> Apparently right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> this this warrants going episode by episode. I'm I will be the first to tell you what I'm wrong. When we rewatch them for the retrospective and I and I'm wrong, I'm like, this is these plot lines are tight, they're good, they're deep, they're the right amount. Uh, then I'll be the first to say I'm wrong. Congratulations, Mandalorian, on your fifteen nominations. Uh, and I will say I'm gonna say twelve wins. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, no, I think that's totally accurate. And I think a lot right now is uh uh, a lot of people are calling their production staff right now. They're like, "Hey, we got nominated for this. You really, we worked so hard. We wrote through the evening. We did. We really scraped together the money. Did it? Like, oh, so oh, great. Who are we up against? Oh, uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Who wants to go to Applebee's? <laughs> totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, moving into other Star Wars news that you may be more excited about. Great, thank you. There is a rumor out there that three different holiday celebrations yeah. will be coming to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And I'm really excited about this. There's a book out there called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Traveler's Guide to Batu. Fun. And in that, they mention three different holidays that are celebrated on Batu: Black Spire Day, Harvest Festival, and Life Day. And the rumor right now is that those three celebrations will come in some form to Galaxy's Edge in the Disney parks. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. I am very excited about this, too. Black Spire Day is May 4th, which, of course, is the May the 4th. What are the odds of that? Right? The Harvest Festival is going to be the Halloween overlay for Galaxy's Edge. Okay. So it's going to be cel- makes sense. celebrating awesome. the Harvest Festival. I, I love this, right. yeah. And then Life Day is the Christmas uh, Oh, overlay. fun. Yay. And of course, Those are all sound fantastic. Life Day being now a canonical part of Star Wars. Yeah. It originating in the Star Wars Holiday Special, but then as recently yes. as The Mandalorian, it's brought up as an actual legitimate holiday. I love it, and I love that none of those uh, none of those uh, festivals sound like they're replacements for uh, what we have out here, uh, Burning Man. Yeah, because okay. a, a lot, a lot, an easy joke with a lot of Star Wars festivals like, oh, it's just Burning Man in space. That was just Burning Man on that, and and so these sound great. I'm excited. I, I feel like if there was going to be a Burning Man festival anywhere in Disney parks, it'd be more a California Adventure, yeah. right? Really lining up with Michael Eisner's like. Who needs to go all over? Yeah, California? we have a mini we version of it right here. Here, that's right. Stand here. I'm gonna throw some dust on you, and then uh... take your clothes off. We're gonna throw dust on you. <laughs> yeah. Do I get to put them back on when I'm done? We'll, no. we'll see. <laughs> you probably won't even remember you were wearing them. So, exactly. So I am. I, I really hope that this does come to Galaxy's Edge. Like, I love holiday spaced overlays. out appropriately. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be great. We got a May. We got an October, and we got a uh, Christmas. Fantastic. Super exciting. Yeah. Okay, so I was about to be done with the news, but you have one other got thing. one more item. Me. We got a very exciting thing happening Tell here on August or 15th and 16th at the Van Eaton Galleries in Sherman Oaks, California. I love when a Disneyland auction comes up. I love Absolutely. it and I hate it, actually. I get super excited to go look through the auction catalog, and then I get very anxious about if I should bid. If I don't bid, somebody else is going to own it. Uh, Disneyland does not uh, under... I think it was Lassiter that put an end to this, but it used to be that it, when when stuff closed down at Disneyland, it could somehow find its way into a private collector. Yeah. And then when the private collector kind of got rid of it, it would go to auction. So there was an opportunity to own things, which we'll see now. I believe when Lassiter came on, he said, "I don't want that to happen anymore. Let's not auction off old stuff in Disneyland." Um, and so when this stuff comes up, I get very jazzed. And there's an action. Uh, so are all of these? Did all of these come from private collections? Yeah. Is that the idea? Okay. I think now any auction that, I, that is a Disneyland auction is mostly a repurposing of a private collective oh, piece. Okay. I don't believe Disneyland releases any stuff for, for auction anymore. Okay. They might have changed their policy. Van Eaton Galleries, Sherman Oaks, California, on August 15th and 16th. These are the 10 most expensive items. And yes. what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick some of the best ones. And, and I'm going to guess what, yeah, how much they I'm very excited. And I, and I want, I want you to know, if, I want to know two things, Scott Storm, what you would bid for it, and I'll let you know how close you were to what they think they're going to get for it. And even if you would would bid on it, or how excited you would be to own this. So the okay. first thing... I, I Now, I... I 
have no idea how to value this stuff. Yeah. No I idea. Know. So this is what I would pay for it. And this is money is no object for me. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's go. Yeah, totally. So the first one we got coming up here is the silver banjo barbecue sign, which hung in Disneyland in Frontierland from 1957 to 1962. So definitely Walt had his hand on this sign. It's it's a it's a big, you know, it's got lights on the outside. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I literally just heard a piece of history about the silver banjo. Oh, really? Yes. Well, this, this was is the uh, this is the 58 inch tall original banjo shape. This is the original sign. This, this, uh, if I remember correctly, this restaurant was owned by a celebrity at the time. Don DeFore? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And he was, I think he was like, man, he was on, he was the neighbor on some sort of fifties sure, sitcom. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Okay. But Don DeFore's Don silver. Don DeFore's hand painted 58 inch restaurant sign that was in Disneyland from 1957, 19. This is the real deal. This was, this was in Disneyland. Yeah. How much are you going to pay for that? Do you do you care? No, this one I'm not going to I'm not going to bid on. I have right. no I have no nostalgic value for it. Uh, it's something that a lot of people won't even know or recognize. Yeah. So it would just be purely Disney history, but it's not Disney history that I'm tied to. So I wouldn't yeah. bid on it. The design uh, aesthetic of it has that that very 60s look to it. The yeah. font, all the colors on it are very. I'm going to say opening bid. Mm, it is it, am I way over if I say ten thousand dollars or am I way under? You're way under. Way under. Yeah. Twenty five thousand dollars. Way under. You got outbid. What? You Are you outbid. kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. You got what? outbid a lot. What is the starting bid on that? Fifty thousand. I don't know what the starting bid is. The estimate is fifty thousand dollars to seventy thousand dollars. We're gonna move right along. Okay. This one, I don't know if you'll be interested in this or not. Let's let's talk about it. This is an actual Space Mountain attraction vehicle. Is going to be auctioned off. Uh, yeah, it looks fairly modern. Uh, yeah. 10 foot long space mountain ride vehicles from the opening year of Tomorrowland attraction. So it's not modern. So an original opening year oh Tomorrowland, uh, six seater, uh, space mountain attraction vehicle is going to be an auction. You can own this and put it in your living room and watch the Mandalorian while sitting in the, uh, space mountain. So this original. is also, this came from 1977, yes. which we identified a banner year for science fiction Yeah, because of star Wars and space mountain opening yep. in, uh, in Disneyland. I'm going to say... And me, probably just killing that walk. Uh, probably just... Oh, yeah, you really, were doing awesome. Really jamming it, walking at that point in time. So you, it's a banner year. You only uh, face-planted a couple of times. Yeah. You got a solid, like, probably five to seven I seven was doing seven. well. Space yeah. Mountain Attraction Vehicle. Would you bid on it? What are you going to pay for it? Would you want to own this for real? <laughs> <There's>, Uh-oh. <laughs> I had... You know, picture of me carrying around a little well, laser? A little, little laser gun? Because... Pew, pew, pew! I like spaghetti! <laughs> You're dead now. So, laser blast. Side note: I was uh, this should not make it into the show, and I know we'll by see about that. I was cleaning out my garage and a bunch of stuff that my my mother had sent to me, and one of it was my baby book. Yeah. So I was flipping through my baby book, which had lots of facts and details about Little Scott Storm awesome. that that Big Scott Storm does not need to know. <laughs> right. Uh, in terms of like. How old was I when I made it through the night without wetting my bed? <laughs> nice uh, job, buddy. What, what were my first words? Things Aww. like that. So I just imagine what I was doing in 77. Anyway, so uh, original Space Mountain yep. uh, ride vehicle. I'm going to say that starts Would at- Would you want to own this? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say that starts at a quarter million dollars. Wow. Little high. Little high? Yeah. You, you're going to win it. So so the, the silver banjo is at- What'd we say it was? A hundred fifty to seventy thousand. Fifty seventy thousand dollars. Okay, so all right, let me let me get back into into real world. Yeah, one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. You own it for sure. Really? Yeah. What is what is the starting bid? Fifty fifty to sixty thousand dollars. They're expecting that. Wait, for. so a sign 
from yeah. a mm. restaurant that closed down very quickly that uh, yeah. was owned mm. by a- It's only in the park for five years. C-level celebrity in the 1950s. I wasn't alive then. I can't speak to the uh, letter grade of celebrityness. Is valued at the same amount as a six-seater full ride vehicle of one of the most beloved tractions of all time. Right, but there's only one of this sign. It's in lots of promotional photo. The people that went to the park saw the sign, and there's only one of it, and it's a centerpiece, so you have that one. There's a lot of Space Mountain vehicles. Nobody knows who, you know, you're just, you're getting one of a lot of things, even though it is rare itself. When I some, agree. I think it's whack. I was going to say, when someone comes over to your house, yeah, they don't care about and the they see banjo a sign. silver banjo sign, one person's like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, where did you get that at Cost Plus? Yeah. World Market? That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is, exactly. You know? As opposed to, is that a Space Mountain? Vehicle? That's a Space Mountain. Yeah. Vehicle? can I sit in it? No. You I mean, make, you can for ten bucks. You made a planter out of that, like yeah. you know. That's yes. There's just there's no comparison. Okay, All right, so, I'm gonna, I'm so gonna... now I know where we're. Now I know the orientation here. So okay, let's keep going. Okay, haunted. Uh, oh, I almost told you what it was. Extremely rare 1969 original tombstone prop that sat at the exterior queue of the haunted mansion before it was removed in the 1970s. 43 inch by 20 inch. Uh, 28 inch painted fiberglass pays respect to Phineas Pock, one of the five singing busts in the graveyard scene inside the attraction. Phineas Pock. So it's an original tombstone that was outside the Haunted Mansion in the 1960s and 70s. Do you want this? How much would you pay? This is our last prop. I would definitely take this. Okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, uh, I am guessing that this has a much higher value than the Space Mountain uh, ride vehicle. Okay. And just because of the beloved status, the unique status of it, there's only one of them. Yep. It's specific to a character. Phineas is one of the hitchhiking goats, ghosts. Yeah, I didn't know his last name was uh, Pac. I didn't know that either. Hmm. I know it's Phineas, Phineas, Gus, and Ezra. And Ezra. Yeah. I feel like this is. I feel like this is a hundred G's. May is it? Is it under a hundred G's? It's way, 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 way under. You have to keep in mind that this is a forty-three inch by twenty-eight inch thing that's basically painted fiberglass. This is not granite, dude. I think we can own this. I think we can buy this. Really, yeah. fifteen thousand dollars. Yep, eight to twelve thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. That is staggering. Again, the silver banjo is fetching the highest price here. This is yeah. this is insane to me. Yeah, I almost bid last time when there was an auction about a year ago. Uh, and you know, I'm always going through their finger, like, what can I really afford? What can I buy? And, uh, you, I don't know if you would have liked this or not, but I almost bid on a license plate from, uh, Roger Rabbit's, you know, oh, the yeah. they have yeah. all those like, yep. uh, like Peter Pan license plates yep. and stuff. Love I almost them. bid on one of those. Um, it was super affordable, but then I never get around to it. You have to sign up for an account. And I got to like watch it Yeah, and I'm like, I really want it, but also I don't want to do other stuff today. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a, a brand new board game that you can play based on the beloved Disney attraction, The Jungle Cruise. Woo-hoo! And we're going to be talking about some things that you maybe didn't realize you didn't yeah. know about The Jungle Cruise. And I have some. I'm super excited to talk oh, about it. I'm excited it. to hear about oh, that. Yeah. All right. We'll see you in a few. If you've just been wishing I'd go in fishing and you're still on the shore. Grab your camp gear and meet us right here. Got all kinds of fun in store. It's time for a vacation, for some rest and relaxation. Get your cares and join our fairs and great outdoors. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to ease your soul. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to keep you from growing old. If your mind's been hazy and you're feeling lazy and down on all fours, then join us bears and suck up some air in the great outdoors. 
Welcome to the Country Bear Vacation Holdout. Got out my old camp t-shirt. Still fits, kinda, and I'm raring to go. How about you, boys? Just lead the way, Henry. All right. Melvin. Wake up! <laughs> the way you're always hibernating, you must be part bear. Oh, heck. I'm only part moose as it is. Here we go! Us bears, we do love nature and tramping through the woods. Us bears, we do love fishing every hour if we could. Us bears, we do love singing in country harmony. And if y'all won't join us, we'll chase you up a tree. Now that's real country, boy. Music time. There's lots of music. Do you like that old commercial? So weird, right? The commercial from last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that commercial. That's crazy. I remember uh, the the kids were listening to it and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, well, so before the internet. Yeah, there were these things called phones. And before that, there were telemarketer people. You would walk up to a AAA that was probably a block away from your home. Yeah. And you would ask if they had any free literature on Disney parks. And yeah. then they would give it to you. And then you would go home. Crazy! You would go into a travel agency or something like that, and you'd be like, "I want to go to Disneyland. I don't know how." <laughs> and they were like, "Here's all the brochures, yeah. and we'll even give you the directions on how to drive there." Here's the yeah. thing called a trip tick. Yeah. Did you ever use a trip tick? No, but doesn't uh, Chevy Chase say that in National Lampoon's Vacation? <laughs> I don't remember. He, does he's he? like, oh, "Let me get a little there on the trip tick." The trip tick was. We say it differently in our house, but I believe trip tick is the correct pronunciation. <laughs> it is trip tick. What is it? Uh, it was like it was a GPS before GPS okay. existed. So what they would do is if you were to say like for again growing up in in Detroit, if you were like I want to drive to Orlando, yeah, they would say okay, well this is what you do, and they would chart out. They would have Detroit to Orlando trip ticks. It was manual GPS. It was manual GPS, and you would they would uh, highlight the route that you wanted to go on. You see where it says rib tips. <laughs> I'll make a left right. right on. And then you just flip it from one page to another. Okay, I came off the map on this one. Flip it over. Here's okay. the next one. We had the nerd version of that, which was called uh, the Thompson's Guide. The Thomas, uh, Thomas Th- Guide. Thomas Guide. Yeah, the Thomas Guide. Which was just, uh, if you were good at reading maps, you didn't need the Thomas Guide. That's true. If you were terrible at reading maps, you couldn't use the Thomas My Guide. My introduction to the Thomas Guide was when I moved out to LA. Yeah. And then everybody everybody owned a Thomas Guide, yeah. and it all sat underneath their driver's seat. Yeah, it was on page 742 at the bottom next to the yellow yes. box. And I remember pulling out the Thomas guy and going like, I have no idea how to navigate. Right, I yeah. Look to a different page. Where am I? I have yeah. no idea. But then I, but then my wife, who had been in, living in California longer, taught me how to use the Thomas guy. And I was like, this is great. And then yeah. by the time I got really proficient at it, I was like, I can just do this on my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, they were very nerdy. Yeah. I mean, they were very detailed. All right. So, uh, so as listeners may be aware, the Jungle Cruise, the movie starring The Rock yeah. and Emily Blunt was supposed to be released last week. Uh, July twenty fourth, but happen, right? it, no, it did not happen. Oh, it man. got it got pushed. You know, originally it was supposed to be out in two thousand nineteen, which is, is that crazy. true. Yeah, wow. yeah, it got pushed to twenty twenty, and now it's getting pushed twenty twenty one. But because there was going to be a release, there had been a a, a warm up for a lot of Jungle Cruise themed yeah. merchandise in promotion of the movie. One of those things is a board game put out by board game publisher Ravensburger. They make. Puzzles too, right? They, they make do really yes. good puzzles. Yes, they, and, make, uh, they have yes. some Disney license on some Pixar puzzles, I believe. That's right. Some Toy Story stuff. So you, yeah, you may know Ravensburger uh, as a as a puzzle manufacturer, puzzle uh, uh, distributor. Uh, I know them as a board game publisher. Okay, and they have been on a. I'm a big board gamer. I can't remember. Are you a board gamer? We play. Yeah, we have we okay. have board games and play board games. Are, are you into what I call designer board games? Yes. Okay. 
So Ravensburger has been on a hot streak lately. Is that like Settlers of Catan and uh, yeah. I mean, I know that's very mainstream. It is. Uh, we play uh, we play One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yes. We play, uh, yes. You know that kind of stuff. So Settlers of Catan is what you would call a gateway board game, yeah. like that goes into sort of deeper, more designy games. And a lot of those games you could only find at hobby stores and things like that. Yeah. But actually, Targets and Walmart's have been able have been starting stocking yeah. these. Yeah, because it's a it's hot culture. Like YouTube, great. people do playthroughs on YouTube, so it's cool. So Ravensburger has been on a real hot streak with uh with a couple of their games recently they released disney villainous last year okay and they released jaws the board game last oh, year awesome uh they also released uh, one called i think it's called horrified i have to double check that but hmm. it's universal monsters oh, fine. Uh, and and so uh they have been re- they're they're great games all three of those are really great games uh and then they release the jungle cruise for yeah. this year and the Jungle Cruise is a game for up to four players. Yeah, it is around age. They they, they say eight and up are okay. is the request is the recommended ages. And uh, before you get into it, just full disclaimer: Ravensburger was kind enough to send us two copies. Yeah, we requested two copies because we needed to play the game, but we could not play it without being socially distanced. Right. So you played it with your family. I sure played did. it with my family. And uh, yeah, go ahead. So what was your experience with that? Super excited that uh, when I got the box from you because the artwork on the outside of it is is beautiful and and, yeah. and wonderful and in theme with the Jungle Cruise. So that was fun. Um, and then you know, as you do with 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 these board games, you open up and you start you start figuring out how many things you're going to punch out and all that kind of stuff yeah. like that. Everything inside of it uh, comes with the little Jungle Cruise ships, the little colored uh, yeah, the, little the shoots, which, which, yeah. yeah, which are great. Uh, pretty big, like pretty big sized ships, yeah. and, and a bunch of other uh, items that come with it. All super easy to punch out, and I thought like the quality of all the stuff inside uh, is very good. And since we're yep. reviewing it for the show, I actually normally I would not read uh, any of the little things, you know, that come along <laughs> with it. What do you mean, like the instructions? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Pr- pretty you much start the instructions, and then any sort of like here's just some store, some backstory that we put on the back. I'd be like, oh, I don't need like, this. Okay. Okay, the flavor text and things. Yeah, like all that. I just okay, wouldn't yeah. normally read any of that yeah. stuff because it was the Jungle Cruise. Because we were going to talk about it on the podcast, uh, I took a lot of extra time to read all that and loved, you know, loved reading uh, the story. Yeah, uh, they do a good job of retelling what the story is, so they understand why you're playing. Yes. why you're playing the game. They they tell that in multiple places in the instructions on the back of the of the board. I really uh, like that on the back of the board. That yeah. when you open up the box, the first thing you see is a. Uh, uh, what is that? That's an image applique. Is that what you call yeah, it? Over right? the top. Yeah. On the, back there. Uh, on the back of the board, that is a letter from Alberta Falls explaining why you have this game in front of you, basically, yeah. and what the what the the story of the game is. I really like that. Typically, you find that type of stuff inside the instruction booklet that gives you the story of the game. I, li- yeah. I just like the the fact that that it's there. The first thing you do when you open the game is you see the story of the yeah. game. Yeah. So we'll go into a review of kind of of what all those different p- parts of the game are like, the setup, the playthrough, and 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 replayability. Um, but I'll just say I, f- I found all of it in theme with the Jungle Cruise. We'll, maybe, maybe we'll talk about some of the little nods that they did in there that are, yeah. that are fantastic. Uh, and then we, we ran through a playthrough of the game. The thing you have to keep in mind when you play a game is if it's the first time playing a more niche board game like that, uh, this is not Monopoly. Right. This is a board game that's going to have rules. It's going to have pieces. Uh, and this one has a lot of them. Yes. Uh, and so when I got that all set up uh, and ready to go, we played through. And uh, what did you think? I thought it was, it's a very simple game to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the, the Aiden Up is really the uh, appropriate. Um, I, I would say that I think the target for this game is really like the 8 to 10 market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely a family game. It's very, very simple rules to follow. There's a lot of pieces, like you said, but they're, they're piles of tokens. And so the way the game works is you are starting out at the beginning of the Jungle Cruise and you are going through the rivers and you are carrying people 
from the beginning of the Jungle Cruise to the end of the Jungle Cruise. And Alberta Falls, who is the owner of the Jungle Cruise Navigation Company, has chosen a family from four different families to become the next temporary owners of the Jungle Cruise Navigation Company. And so you are picking up passengers along the way that are one of those four families. And you yeah. don't know who that family is until the very end, but you were able to pick up clues along the way yeah. to help you determine which passengers you want to keep on your boat and which passengers you want to allow to be tossed off the boat. Yeah. And in addition to picking up passengers, you can also pick up cargo. So the way I would describe this game for someone who is a board gamer is it is a roll and move game and a set collection game. So ultimately, you move through the game by rolling dice and the ultimate goal of the game- It's just like a tiniest little bit of clue. Like I thought, I felt like that like sort of only some people get to, only if you choose to go by these little, uh, these letters that will tell you who Alberta is yeah, the not clue looking tokens. for. Yep. Like you can choose to either take the extra time to go look at that clue. And so my kids found it fun that they had information that nobody else had yes. in sort of a clue style kind of thing. So I liked that little addition, but keep going. Yeah. And then as you go along, so, so ultimately the goal of the game is to have the most amount of points and points is, determ is determined by- how many of these family members you deliver to the end of the game, yeah. and also how many sets of cargo you've delivered. Please. Along the way, uh, you will encounter encounters where you will draw cards that have different things about the Jungle Cruise in it, which pose a certain level of danger, yeah. and you will roll a certain number of danger dice to determine whether or not anybody that is in your boat gets Thrown Knocked overboard. off. Right. That's right. right. From one of uh, four sections, left, right, center, and stern. That's correct. And That's right. uh, yeah. How did you feel uh, going into it? How did your kids feel about yeah. it? Is it a game that you would recommend? Yeah. Uh, you know, cool. All those I'll, give, I'll give my full review. Uh, again, really well made. Excellent artwork. A lot of nods. There's nods to to Mickey Mouse. There's nods to Mickey ears. There's little things. There's jokes from the Jungle Cruise yep. that are on every card. Um, so the so the artwork and the honoring the 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 Disney license that they had. I give. I say great job. Yeah. Very excited uh, about that. Um, all the pieces looked really good. Did you see the Indiana Jones nod? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, totally. There's, there's one token that's Indiana yep. Jones, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the one my daughter calls the baloney man, but one, one of them was like eating a baloney <laughs> sandwich or something like that. So uh, what you're going to have to just realize is that your first playthrough of any game of this size, of this this niche level, is going to be a learning experience. Yeah. And and so whatever the estimated time is, you're going to have to double that for setup and for playthrough. So you're really, you're really trying to get through that first playthrough uh, as awkwardly as you can so that you can replay it. And the question then is, should I replay this? Did I yeah. enjoy it enough uh, to replay it? Uh, and so my first experience as the game host of, of all of the board games families, I'm responsible for all the rules. Yeah, you're the uh, rules master. And and none of the rules in this game are very complicated. They're yeah. all very easy to understand, but there's a lot of them at, at the beginning yes. that you're going to have to digest from what happens with passengers to cargos, what happens on every turn. Then you got dice that you got to roll. And then if you stop at an outpost, you get to recharge your warning flare and you got a warning flare that you can put off. So there's like a lot of mechanics. None of them are complicated once you get them. In right. fact, they're all very easy once yeah. you get them. So I had this experience where I thought like, wow, this is a lot for me to remember. I wonder if somebody's going to really have any fun trying to remember all this stuff. Seems like we could have maybe mashed two of them together. Uh, and then I got towards the end of the game and I thought like, no, I get how this works. This, this is the appropriate amount of stuff and it's really fun. And if I were to play through it again, uh, I would. I think I would have a lot more fun with it because there's a there's an, an ease to the rules. They're not really that complicated. No. There's just a lot of them at the beginning. Uh, so it feels complicated. The main thing, if we played it correctly, the, the main mechanic of the game is the drawing the sort of... Uh, uh, navigation cards yeah. uh, and then rolling the dice to see how many people get booted overboard 
gets a tiny bit repetitive late game when you're doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun mechanic. Uh, I, here's the thing. Here's the last thing I'll say about the gameplay is at the beginning, you think where your passengers are seated doesn't really matter. And the cards you, you know, that you can get booted from the back, left, right, middle of the boat. Um, you think like, oh, that's just kind of a novelty. It doesn't really matter. It actually matters a lot. Mid game. There's a lot of strategy. Actually. Okay. Tell, tell me about that. Cause I'm, uh, cause I'm curious to know why you think there's strategy in that. Because, um, you at the beginning of your turn, one of the rules is you can rearrange the cargo in your boat and yep. put them in there. Yep. And if you have a hunch or a feeling or you've seen a certain number, you know the cards, and so you've seen a number of cards come out. Uh, if you draw your four cards, of which of which you're going to have to roll danger dice to figure out how many people get booted over, if all of those are the, the stern cards, uh, yeah. and you don't have anybody in the stern, you don't have you're to roll okay. dice at all. You're that's just right. done with your turn, and that's a, that's a very inc- that's a very good board game feeling when you draw a stack of four and you don't have to roll any dice yeah, because you had your people situated in the right area. I know the strategy is more uh, where you're putting those families, like where the families are. Yeah. And so I want, you know, I want people to think I don't want this family and stuff like that. Uh, but I found it as more for me of getting out of having to roll at all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like that. I liked that mechanic, even though at first I thought it was a little, little heavy. Now your kids are a little bit older than mine. What did they think about the game? Did they feel the same way that you did or? Uh, Love the Jungle Cruise stuff. I have a little bit of audio of them talking about what their, what their thoughts on the game were. Okay. So I thought it was good. I liked that there were like stuff, there was stuff from Disneyland on the cards, like that one outpost token card had a little Disney hat on it. I got a Mickey Mouse hat in mine. And my skipper, yeah, my skipper skill card had a Mickey painted like fishing hook thing on it, which was very cool. And I also liked the um, art. I liked the art on the like the actual game board. I liked the little lady's house at the end. It looked very like I don't know. I just like the way it looked. If you're missing Disneyland and you're bored, I think you should play this game because it was good. I liked how um, it did have like little like secret Mickey things. Like uh, one of the cards had all these like little like fish on it or something like hanging up on a wall. And one of them was Mickey Mouse, which is actually kind of sad if you think about it. <laughs> but um, another what card that I had had, it was like one of those little crates that it has everything in it, and it had a Mickey Mouse hat in there, and it also had the guy, girl, guy from uh, Indiana Jones, little eye person. For the uh, for the artwork alone, and the and the component design, the component component quality, like I think that this is it does justice to the, the Jungle Cruise. Like I love. I love opening up that game board and seeing the river of the Jungle Cruise and then seeing all of the things that you would expect on the Jungle Cruise to be there. With one exception, which I was surprised about, Ooh. which is that there is no Trader Sam in this in this board game. So you encounter a lot of different encounters. Yeah. So you encounter uh, the hippos and the elephant wading pool and the backside of water and uh, the the... Uh, is it Trader Sam at every part? Because the three Jungle Cruises have they, they, they definitely look different. Yes. They're very different. People. Is their name Trader Sam at every part? Trader though? Sam is in Disneyland, yeah. and then it is either Trader Sam or Chief Nagi. Yeah. I think is his name in Disney World. Okay, but is this but was this board game supposed to be the Disneyland mm, version of it? I think it's just the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, that's what I. Right. That's, that's, what that's, I took that's it the as. sense I get. I like the fact that each card has a 
pun from the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, yep, has like, all the jokes I, on there. I, I love the jokes. On, I love the jokes on there. I I do. The, it's funny because the rules say that you should draw four cards and you need to read the jokes from each of the four cards. Yeah, which is great the first time through, but then after you shuffle the cards a second time, Not you're happening. like, eh, this isn't happening anymore. Yeah. So, but I love the fact that the 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 jokes are on there. And actually, that was I think one of my kids the favorite her favorite part of the game was doing the Jungle Cruise skipper yeah. spiel. So. Yeah. It was every single time somebody drew a card, it was like, do your best skipper yeah. impersonation, which was a lot of fun. It really is a lighter, more family game. And so, but if you know that going into it, if you know you're going to be playing it with younger kids, it's a very accessible kid, a game for younger kids, which is really great. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who may be listening to it going, I can't wait to buy the Jungle Cruise because I'm a big gamer. I'm going to have this experience of going out on the Jungle Cruise yeah. and like this adventure experience as a board game. It's not that, but that's not to say that this game fails in any way. Yeah. It just do, it, it does what it sets out to do, which is make a really solid family game that is an easy entry point for younger gamers. Yeah, and I thought when when I when I was when we were wrapping up and I was thinking, would I would I ever play this again? Which the answer is absolutely yeah. yes. Now that I understand the rules, now that I kind of understand how to interpret the rules in a way to get through the game, I was thinking like this is a really good social game. It brings up yeah. stories about Disneyland, it brings up stories about the Jungle Cruise. Uh, we listened to Jungle Cruise music while we were playing it. So, so that, did we. so so that was yeah. fun. And so I can imagine when the Jungle Cruise movie finally comes out on video or if it's streams or whatever, like you know, having that having this game be something that is when you go away on vacation or something like you, you can just set it up. It can yeah. be a social conduit while you're watching a movie, while you're watching the jungle cruise movie. It's fun to like play the jungle cruise thing. It doesn't require too much concentration while you're watching the movie. Yeah. There's not a lot for other people to do when it's not your turn. Like That's the, right. the turn is very, uh, so it's solitary. Yeah, it's very solitary. Yeah. Like I'm going to do my turn right now, and so other people can watch the movie. Other people can get in, get into whatever else they're getting into. Check their phones, uh, and so I like that. Like it's not something that it's a very social game in that way. This game and the art design makes me want a deeper, heavier Jungle Cruise type of game. Oh, fun! So what I would love to see is Ravensburger put out a not necessarily a sequel, but maybe another type of Jungle Cruise game that has a little bit more of a of a meaty vibe into it. Yeah. So that those older gamers, the 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 teenage gamers and the adult gamers can have more of this like 1930s jungle exploration type of uh, experience yeah. in board game form. I love that there's Disneyland board games. Like before, when you and I were kids, you'd get lucky if you got like a Monopoly themed right. or a life themed yeah. Disney product and you were like, oh, this is like amazing. Like I'm going to go play uh, Fortnite Monopoly or something yes. like that. Now that there's a, a game dedicated to an actual like ride that's that's independent, it's yeah. independent game IP. I like that, and I hope they do that for a lot of the rides because I, I love. I it. hope so too. And if Jungle Cruise is the next Disney theme board game, yeah, I hope this starts a trend of we see Haunted Mansion, we see Pirates of the Caribbean. I want, I want Thunder Mountain because the like th- the Thunder Mountain's backstory Thunder Mountain would be great. Like nobody, like, very few people even have an idea what the, that there is a backstory yes. to Thunder Mountain. Like anything's going on there. Like it's just a roller coaster. Yeah, and like I love the I love the whole idea. Oh of, my gosh, of, uh, of all uh, that stuff, a, a mining themed like uh thunder mountain like a, a, a race to strike it rich type yeah. of thunder mountain type of experience Ghost story stuff like oh, dead people great. it's great oh, it'd be awesome fantastic all right so that was uh the jungle cruise board game you can actually i believe it's exclusive to amazon so you can buy oh, it on okay. amazon 
Uh, yes, if if you have family members, if you're a fan of the Jungle Cruise, or if you have family members that are younger that you think would be, you know, you're looking for something that's not Monopoly, right? You're looking for something that is not Scrabble. This is a perfect type of game for a younger family to cut their teeth on in different types of board gaming. So highly recommended from that. From highly that recommend it for the social aspect of it, the ability to do other things while you're playing it with your kids and, and uh, just take my advice. Somebody's going to have to set that thing up, punch out all the things. <laughs> yeah. I like to put them in either uh, plastic bags or Tupperware. I was going to say, it. pro tip, buy a couple of different Ziploc bags yeah, yep. you're to gonna separate need, your You're going to need that. But once you get it, you're, you're going to feel overwhelmed for a few seconds, if, especially if you don't play a lot of board games. You're going to be okay. It is it is mechanically uh, simple and fun. So yeah. there you go. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Quick break. Can we come back? We'll talk about the things you never knew you never knew. Yay! Let's do it. This is the Global Broadcasting Service, serving remote outposts since 1928. Tropical Imports announces that the special Jungle Cruise Dispatch has arrived, bringing with it a generous supply of extra-fine mosquito netting, guaranteed impervious to mosquito and tsetse fly. Remember, when it comes to sleeping sickness, prevention is the only cure. That's mosquito netting at Trader Sam's. Hey, so let's keep this Jungle Cruise cruise Cruising. cruising. Yeah, cruising with the cruise. And let's talk about uh, some things you never knew you never knew about the Jungle Cruise. Now, I want to be really clear. This is not a history of the Jungle Cruise. Not at cruise. all. We will be doing a separate episode on the full history of the Jungle Cruise, and it may involve some of these facts that you may or may not know, but uh, we just figured it's a great time to talk about the Jungle Cruise since uh, we got just got done playing the board game. And let's talk about some things that like, hey, did you know about this about the Jungle Cruise? You probably didn't. We're going to talk about it. So yeah. uh, you, do you have one you want to start with? Because I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it as as a thing, and then if you disagree with it, let me know, and I'll look it up for real. Okay. Um, but I believe. In oh the yeah. Back- oh, good. So these aren't even facts. These are just conjecture. No, no, these, these are, are facts. Conjecture. These are facts. In the back, I think about the Jungle Cruise. Go ahead. Totally, totally factually true. There, uh, I believe in the the. I keep saying I believe because I don't want to commit to it. Some of the jungles, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> uh, some of the trees back by where the by where the hokey pokey stuff is uh, are orange trees planted upside down. That is correct. Yay yes. for me. Yes. So uh, they let look me, more spooky that way. They do look more spooky. Let me provide a little context for Please. you. So uh, interestingly, Adventureland originally was not scheduled to be located where Adventureland is currently. It was originally uh, slated to be over where Tomorrowland is. Yeah. But there was a grove of eucalyptus trees that was behind Main Street, which the Disneyland horticulturalist, which Disneyland horticulturalist, that is a difficult word to say, by the way, Bill Evans said, hey, that would be great screening for our Jungle Cruise ride. So they moved Adventureland over where those eucalyptus trees are. Yeah. And they made good use of the orange trees uh, by taking them out, flipping them over, planting them. Uh, root side up yeah genius move in order to make uh, that look like gnarled yeah. uh, jungle trees and in addition they uh, it was to, to resemble mangroves yeah yeah so, I like that tip I love it's, that it's not one I looked at it's something I was told a long time ago and just uh, always carried with me in my head I love and every it. time we ride the jungles I try to look for the for yeah. the orange trees to see uh, if I can do that there's an interesting uh, uh, fact that I found out as I was researching this yeah just in general about like the horticulture of the jungle yeah, cruise yeah. So they did a lot of those crazy things. Like they they turned over uh, orange trees. They brought in non-native plants to yeah. the Jungle Cruise to make it look more jungleicious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and what ultimately ended up happening is as the Jungle Cruise 
horticulture matured, it became its own self-sustaining ecosystem, Yeah, which is really neat because there are some species of plants in California that you can only find in the Jungle Cruise, and they only survive because of the way the entire ride system, the entire uh, environment of the, of the, the, the ride uh, exists and they and it self-sustains. Uh, yeah. And it, I was going to say it self-sustains itself. This, uh, the Jungle Cruise ride was inspired by Disney's documentary series, uh, True Life Adventures. Yeah. Okay. And the original intention of the Jungle Cruise can actually be more readily seen in the Kilimanjaro Safaris attraction at Disney's Animal, uh, Animal Kingdom yeah. than it can be on the Jungle Cruise because originally Walt wanted real animals. Yeah, I know. Isn't that nuts? And then he realized, I can't control that. Nope. There's, there's going to be a lion on Main Street anytime soon. Which would be fun in its own right. Oh, but sure. Yeah, not, not but you don't want that. Yeah, no, that's not yeah. something you want to have happen. Who let the puma out, they would, yeah. they would say. And not always, this this blends into, I guess, another thing from what I understand, not always a jokey ride, but started off as a more... Uh, you know, and more of a, an in-ride experience of those types of shows to be learning, educational, yes, uh, and stuff like that. Which I love. I love that Disney has had those components in the past. It's not just about roller coasters and dropping and having fun. That there's an educational component. Yes, yeah. now it's, it's it's silly and fun. But so there's an educational component again over at the Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, but you are correct. When this attraction opened in uh, 1955, it was an opening day attraction, and when it opened, it was a serious tour through nature uh, with a skipper pointing out natural dangers that would await someone if they were in the jungle. But he was pointing to audio animatronic robots of, of animals. And it wasn't until 1961 when uh, famed Imagineer, Mark Davis, Mark Davis, who did production design on more or less every one of your favorite Disney rides. Yeah. Uh, he reimagined what the jungle cruise could look like. And and the, one of the first things that he drew was now the very famous uh, safari encampment yeah. where the, uh, the the rhino has chased all of the where they're getting explorers. the point they, in they the, end. the point in the end. Yeah. That's right. So he drew that, and that became sort of the first comical satirical show scene that made its way into the Jungle Cruise, and with it now became more of a joke filled experience to what such you have a now. good such a good call. I'm so glad it went that direction. Absolutely, not, not really that. Not didn't really stick as that sort of uh, that educational thing for too long. That's like what six years yeah. maybe that it was at six years. But for most of the time, it's it's been that thing. That's so fun. This Justin, a Jungle Cruise skipper, reports spotting the lost safari near the African Veldt. As you may recall, this safari has remained missing longer yet had more sightings than any other in history. All right, I'll tell you something I've heard about it. You tell me if this is true or not, right. because uh, that's how we're going to roll with this I episode. love it. Facts that Aaron thinks are facts. Facts that Aaron would like fact-checked by Scott Storm and the Jungalicious. That was your disco-themed chewing gum? Uh, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Not it, as successful as you would think it would be. No, it tasted like mangroves, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Orange. Uh, it was orange and mangrove. There's a lot of these stories about Disneyland, and by a lot, I mean there is. The, you could do an entire podcast on legends of Disneyland that yes. are, and, and you know, I, I, I don't want to say famously, but I'm, I'm an opening day temperature questioner. I, I, you like the fables of Disneyland as much as you love the facts of Disneyland. I like the fables and the facts, and I'm just going on record as saying I doubt the opening day temperature legends of of people's high heels going into the table. I, I want to talk to somebody that was actually there. I, I can't wait to I've do that. We're going to do a di- deep I've triangulated the temperature on that day, and I don't think it was as hot as people are saying. I think some of that was marketing. But Well, I don't think it was because of heat. I think it was because the, the concrete newness? had not set yet. 
I'm fine with that. I'm fine with. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm not fine with the temperatures on. It that It was day. also hot that day. Yeah, but, I checked. I don't yes. think it was that hot. But anyway. wow, geez, did you get out your farmer's almanac from 1955? I legitimately did, and they didn't take temperatures in Anaheim during then. So I literally triangulated three known points that they did take temperatures on. Yeah. That I don't think it was that hot. And you're that like day. fake news. Here's another one. Here's another rumor, though. This is another rumor related yes. to the Jungle Cruise. Uh, famously, I think I don't know the exact quote, but Walt says that uh, Disneyland will never be finished as long as there is uh, imagination in the world, or something like that. Very close to that, maybe. Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there's imagination left in the world. That was very close. I was close. I was, was close. very close. I heard that that came about because uh, a boy and his dad, a boy and somebody was walking by and was like, I want to go on the Jungle Cruise. And the dad was like, no, we went on that last time. I don't want to go on it again. It was a mom and she smacked him upside the head. <laughs> And, she smacked uh, her boy upside. I've already been Walt on Di- that jungle boat. And Walt Disney. Yeah. She just uh, she did a two for one. She Why aren't there the real boas in here? That's right. Uh, and she meant feather boas. Yeah. Because uh, she was she was uh, just, so she just dressed. I guess that the way. story is Walt Walt hears this and says like, oh, that's a bummer. That's not a, at all what I intended. So we got We got We got work to do. Yeah. That is that is the legend. Yeah. And I and I will agree. I don't know if that's fact, but that is what is attributed. Is that Walt overheard a boy saying to his mom. Let's go on Jungle Cruise. She said, we did that last time. Yeah. And so that, you know, put put the uh, the thought in his head of, well, we got to keep giving reasons for people to cut, keep coming back. Yeah. So, yes, that is. You give me one, and I'm going to give you two more personal ones, and then a mystery at the end. Ooh, a listener I mystery. Wait. I can't yeah. wait. Uh, let's talk about the waters of the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Do you know that the waters of the Jungle Cruise are actually part of all of the waters I did of know Disneyland. That, yeah. Yes. So Disneyland has a thing called the uh, the dark water system, mm-hmm. or it's called Disneyland's Big River. You can look it yeah, up by either one. The Sith River system. The Sith River system. That's right. Uh, and so Disneyland has one water system that is allocated to just natural waterways in Disneyland. So yeah. what that means is that there is one water system that connects. Get this: the Rivers of America, Storybook Canal boats, the old motorboat dock. The Castle Moat, Tarzan's Treehouse, Jungle Cruise. Isn't that crazy? It's That's insane. crazy to me. So let me- uh, let It's me, like a family of fishes that are like, which land do you want to go to? And they just swim along to it. They just, That's where yeah, Finding exactly. Dory should have taken place. Oh, it should have taken place Come in on. the dark water system. That yeah, would have been awesome. Exactly. So if you lose a hat or a pair of Mickey ears on Storyland Camel Boats- An hour and a half later- Go get on the Jungle Cruise. That's right. You might, you might <laughs> get it. You'll see them floating by. That's nuts. And so uh, Submarines is the only uh, sort of, uh, so, you know, the one isolated- uh, water source there. So I, I can't remember whether or not submarines is connected to the Matterhorn waterfalls, Oh, but I do know that pirates of the Caribbean is connected to splash mountain. Oh wow. So I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if all four of those are connected, but I do know that splash mountain and, uh, pirates are connected, which makes me think that submarines and Matterhorn are connected. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. All right, my, I'm going to go too personal and then a mystery one. Awesome. Uh, when I was, I don't know, when I was 12, we had a pool in our backyard that had a had a little waterfall, and I was so in love with the Jungle Cruise. You had a pool with a waterfall? Yeah, it had a little. It wasn't like it was. It was like people did weird things in the 80s. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Were and you it, able to swim under the waterfall? You could shimmy under it. Yeah, okay. You could kind of okay. shimmy under it, but but you could jump off of it, and it was in the shallow end, so you had to be careful how you did that. <laughs> uh, but then there was some kind of there was some trees and stuff next to the waterfall that made sort of a kind of a, a vegetation area next to the pool. Yeah. And I just was so in love with the Jungle Cruise that I got a bunch of plywood, cut out doors, uh, got my mom's towels from upstairs, which she was probably not, and like rubbed them in dirt to make them look like old towels. Yeah, and then used those as, and I, I built a whole shanty. And then I only had one friend at the time because I spent so much time building the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> 
replica. You're yeah. just turning down uh, play dates. Yeah, no, like I can't. I I'm working on something. I, I got something big. But my one friend I had left, this guy named uh, Ryan, I was like, all right, come on over. And I, I took him. I took him in like an inflatable sailor, That's sealer awesome. wrap around and did did my whole thing. And I was just like, this is what I'm doing. I don't go to school anymore. I'm this just is a what skipper. I do now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a skipper and you're like, I'm going to start charging admission yep. for this. Oh, I would have loved to. So, so you had, uh, you said you had a shanty. Is that what you did? You a bunch. A so I took uh, two. I took uh, plywood things and, and and painted them and cut did out. You really? little, yeah. How old were you? Twelve. Oh my gosh. Okay, keep going. And, and cut out little like doorways in them, and then I hung the dirty towels where the door would be of these these pieces of plywood that yes. I painted looked so that you couldn't see what was behind them. It yeah. would like it would make it look like there was more magic back there. Than, yeah, yeah. Than what was really behind there, which was like you know pool equipment and and my dad being pretty upset. Uh, and so yeah, and then I <laughs> because lined... you used all his plywood and painted yeah, it. I was gonna yeah. build something. And I was like, not anymore. Uh, yeah, and so I lined the entire pool. So when you got in the pool, uh, once you were in the pool, like you couldn't see the outside. Like it was just oh, plywood wow. all the way around it. And then I would I would paddle along and take each stop and and do my little jokes. And so with... when you painted it, did you have like different set pieces there? Like did you do like here's yeah. the elephant bait? Uh, no, I didn't do thing. anything from the original jungle. It was mostly just houses and uh, like little shanties. I think okay. what happened in twelve year old Aaron's mind is I was actually painting pirates of the caribbean props yes. as jungle cruise props yes okay because it was the, like a hybrid you yeah it was a hybrid yeah yeah pirates of the cruise yeah uh is yeah. what i did but i just i, I wanted to be a jungle cruise uh, skipper oh so gosh. much at that age i wish I, are there any photos or videos of you doing that it would be great maybe. to be able to see that maybe like Whoa. that's a that's an instagram worthy experience just seeing yeah. little aaron robbins just with his his fake CB, yeah. Uh, just just taking his friend Ryan. It's just a, it's just amazing though when you're when you're a kid and I don't know how early your Disneyland experiences are of that of being like, is there a job where I can just do this for the rest of my life? Because yeah. I don't like any of that other stuff. All that stuff they teach you in school, it just, it, I don't like any of that. I want to do this. Yeah, and that feeling uh, just is consistent for the next thirty five years yeah. of your life. <laughs> These same rains have caused Schweitzer Falls to run at 150% of normal, resulting in dangerous currents on nearby waterways. All skippers are advised to proceed with caution. What you got on the Jungle Cruise? Uh, let's see. I've got a fun fact for you. Oh, I like fun facts. Here we go. There is a palm tree. Do you know about the palm tree? I do. This is more than a fun fact. This is beautiful. This is the most important thing ever. Okay. Should we save it for later? No, no, it's good. There's Let's a talk about it. Palm tree outside of the Jungle Cruise. Yes, that is 124 years old. Yes, it is older than the park is, and there is a beautiful story behind That's this. Great. Do you want to tell a story? Uh, I'll just say the the, the Dominguez palm yes. is what we're talking about. I struggled to find where it is. And once you know where it is, uh, you'll never miss it because yes. it is a hefty palm. Very tall. Uh, at this point in time, it is it is it is thick. And if you're facing the Jungle Cruise, uh, it is to the right side of the loading dock. So opposite the hornbills, where the hornbills and the staircase are, it's on the opposite side. It's on the Indiana Jones side. I was going to say it's sort of uh, in between the entrances to uh, Jungle Cruise and Indiana Jones. Yep, that's exactly where it is. It is it is bumper up against the, the second floor now. That's right. And uh, it's just such a special tree. It's one of the things when I say that the real lore keepers of Disneyland are the fans, that's one of the things I'm talking about is that that tree stays, that that yeah. was a promise. Yep. We don't break that promise. That's right. And I don't care. Like corporate has to know at some level, you don't have a say in what happens to that tree now. Like us, the fans decide. That stays that, where that, it that, is. That stays where it is. Yeah. Well, that's a promise that Walt made. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so the story behind it is that there was a family, Paul and Laura Dominguez, who owned the property for where the Jungle Cruise would end up being and Adventureland as a whole. Paul and Laura Dominguez actually had a house that they built uh, where the entrance to Pirates of the Caribbean now stands. Yeah, the, uh, Paul's mother and father had a house that was 
uh, that was over where Jungle Cruise was. And in front of their house was this giant date palm, which we are calling the Dominguez Palm, right? Yeah. And that palm tree was a wedding gift from Anaheim's first horticulturalist. And he planted it there in 1896. Isn't that dope? So cool. So great. So cool. So when Walt comes to the Dominguez family to say, hey, we want to buy your land in order to build Disneyland. Oh, yeah. What are you going to put on it? Uh, well, well, this is a, here's the idea. We're going to build, uh, it, it's, it's like an amusement park. Oh. It's like a carnival. Will you sell us your land? On one condition. Yes. What is that condition? You tell me what the condition is. The condition was, uh, they wanted to, they wanted Walt to spare the tree. Yeah. Cause they said this has a lot of sentimental value to us. There was a wedding that took place in the Dominguez family underneath this palm. Yeah. So we will sell you the land on the condition that you maintain the palm. Who makes promises like that? It's amazing. Walt Disney makes promises like yeah. that. And Walt, Uncle Walt says, you've got it. I yeah. will maintain that palm. Here's the problem. Where your palm is, that's where the parking lot's going to go. <laughs> yeah. So, but what Walt does is he balls up the, the palm and he transplants it over to where it is today. So, uh, and it's, and it's still there. So still there. it's 124 years old and it's sitting, like you said, between the entrances of the Jungle Cruise and, uh, Indiana Jones. And it is there for the history, uh, that uh, for as long as Disneyland is there, that palm tree will be there. Here's an interesting postscript. Do post-script you know the postscript to this? No. The son of Paul and Laura Dominguez. Oh, yeah. His name is Ron Dominguez. Yeah, yeah. He starts out as a ticket taker for Disneyland on opening day. He eventually becomes the executive vice president of attractions for Disneyland. Yeah. He has, and then uh, is named Disney legend. Gets a window. He gets a window. Do you know what's on that window? It's uh, Orange Grove Maintenance Guy? Yeah, Orange Grove, like Orange Grove Property Maintenance. Okay. Or management. Orange Grove Property Management. Ron Dominguez owner. Here is the slogan for Orange Grove Property Management. Yeah. We'll care for your property as if it were our own. That's uh, dope. It's so good. I love it. It's so great. I love that you look up there and you're like, oh, not only is that a story for Main Street, but that is actually tied to the history of the boy who grew up yeah. where Disneyland was and then became a caretaker, not only for his family's property, but eventually yeah. the property of Disneyland itself. Like It's just, a weird amalgamation of life imitating art, imitating life yes. imitating art, which is, it's so hard to make that real. There's a post postscript to that story that I don't know, but you verify if you've heard this before. Okay. I believe Walt made a similar promise about a house or a barn that was over uh, near uh, Harbor Boulevard where Howard Johnson's is. There was a, and made a similar promise. Yeah, we'll sell you our land, but you can't, this barn's very important. This house is very important. And that, that thing burned to the ground pretty quick. I am not, you heard that? I'm not familiar. I, I'm, I don't doubt that. Okay. I, I'm not sure if I've heard that story. It sounds very similar to a Florida story, okay. which was they were buying a property and there was someone who refused to sell. And uh, and refused to sell for a very very long time yeah. until finally they did sell. But when they built uh, the Disney MGM Studios, they built a, uh, a, a California style bungalow that was a memorabilia shop. Hmm. And the story behind that memorabilia shop was this was the family that refused to sell, and so they just built Disneyland or Disney World all around this, and that that person was. I decided to open up a, a, a souvenir shop uh, from their own personal. Oh, home. that's funny. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, but but the barn is not there anymore. No, it burned really early on. Oh. I verify the story. I'm pretty sure it's true. You think nefarious purposes? You think uh, you think that's what happened? I think it was an accident. Oh, okay. But, oh. Are we on me? My last one. Uh, we're on wherever you want to be. Okay. Uh, last thing I will share about the Jungle Cruise. 
uh, which I would love an answer. This, this is the mystery one. Yes, you okay. ready for the mystery I'm one? I'm ready for the mystery one. On all the Jungle Cruise boats, where the skipper stands, you know, where the, the, the wheel is. Are they, I do, yep. Uh, right below them and to their left, to, if you're facing the boat, it's to the left of the boat, so it would be their right if they're facing you. There is, uh, there is like, tally marks. And, okay. And, and, and like, uh, like uh, I think there's like hash heart. marks. Yeah, like hash marks. Yeah. Like they've tallied something, and then I believe there's a name and a heart or something like that. Okay. And I've just never been able to figure out what the story is behind I it. I don't know why that, they're on the boat. I don't know what, what that they is. mean, what the tally marks are. I mean, I mean, I imagine the tally marks are shooting something, but there's definitely like a shooting, heart. Uh, like probably a, shooting hippos. Yeah, there's definitely like a heart with, I believe, an initials in it. And it's well, there's so many of these things like this at Disneyland where I, I see it, uh, and then I, I don't really research it outside or I try, and there's just not information yes. on what it is. And that is one of those things. Uh, the other one that stood out for a long time was the insurance, the fire insurance markers uh-huh. uh, in New Orleans. I saw those one a long, long time ago, mostly maybe pre-internet or right around that time where I couldn't really raise. And I was just like, why are those there? Yeah, there's a story there, but yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't is. know what it is, and it drives me crazy that I don't know what it is. And I, it drives me crazy I don't know what the story is on those boat things. I tried to do the same thing. I was looking at, like, uh, you know, again, tips and, and things you didn't know about the Jungle Cruise. And I tried to go deep research on the boats themselves yeah. to figure out, like, what's the history of the boats? And yeah. and it, it really just very, very challenging, especially Disneyland. Disneyland yeah. is very challenging to find history of the jungle cruise that isn't more or less readily available that you can aggregate like we're doing right now but again sort of like oh what do those hash marks mean yeah i don't know and what are the initials or what are that love thing i got one more after this i I lied i have one that is it sort of counts for jungle cruise okay but it also counts for indiana jones i feel like i feel like it's a general adventureland one that i think would be fun to talk about are you familiar with the home of the little man of disneyland yes okay uh, so for our listeners, there was a 1955 golden book yeah. uh, called the, the little man of Disneyland. And it was a story about a leprechaun named Patrick Bagora and Patrick Bagora lived okay. in the trees where Disneyland would be made. Yeah. And Mickey Donald and Goofy, they show up one day and they meet this leprechaun and they explain this magical place of Disneyland that they're going to build. And they want to start removing trees so that they can build Disneyland up. Mm-hmm. And they tell Patrick what Disneyland is going to be like. And Patrick says, yes, I will let you remove the tree so you can build Disneyland on the condition that you keep my date palm uh, right where it is. No, he says uh, that on the condition that I get to live in one of the orange trees uh, in Disneyland. Yeah. And so now you can go to it. I think it's really at one point it was the extended queue of the Jungle Cruise, which is why I am annexing this into our Jungle Cruise discussion. But it is now at the entrance of Indiana Jones. Yeah. If you're staring at the queue of Indiana Jones, it's on your right-hand side. At the bottom of one of the trees, you will see a little door and a little Mm -hmm. window and a little smokestack. It's definitely one of those things that is most often either pointed out to you or found by your kids. And they're like, hey. What is this? What is this? And then you're like, I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. It looks like somebody built that today. I don't know. That must be something to do with Indiana Jones. I don't remember that from any of the movies. It's it's definitely a weird little thing that I, I... venture most people don't ever see in the park it's just a weird out of the way thing i love that those things exist again it's like your your hash marks and like what is the story behind this there is a story behind this and uh and you can still buy that book on amazon right on yeah my last thing on the jungle cruise was as you all know I'm, i'm obsessed with the jungle cruise uh, so this is just a little quick story on the Jungle Cruise. Obsessed with it, and so uh, when I got into the uh, you know, uh, I don't know, say the CG and, and, and computer animation industry, one of the first things I did. You mean when you made Toy Story? When I was yeah, when I made Toy Story in my mind. Oh, uh, yeah. one of the first things I did in a, in a program called Maya. 
uh, to learn how to model was I modeled the the Jungle Cruise sign, textured it, and all that, oh, is that right? stuff like that. Uh, yeah, you can still see it online. You should uh, post it on Instagram. Oh, I probably will. Yeah, you should. Yeah, the Dave Land blog picked it up. If you remember the old Dave Land blog, mm, Disneyland yeah. blog. Uh, is that anyways, similar to the Samland blog? Maybe I don't know. Okay. Ours is Disneyland related. Right. So I modeled this whole thing, textured as accurately as I could. And then I just kind of forgot about it. Put it out there. I was super proud of the work, but put it out there on the internet. When you search for Jungle Cruise sign for years on the inner decade mine was the first image that's that came awesome. up uh, and then I kind of forgot about it and just I think maybe two years ago a dad emailed me from Florida and he's like hey I saw this thing that you did and it has your name on it and so I would just love to get the font because I'm building uh, a Jungle Cruise house playhouse for my kids in my backyard and I'd love no to get way. that so I looked through my files and found uh, I there is not a font for it but I had traced the font in a program called Flash at the time I had, I had traced over the sign and cleaned it up so I had it for him so I sent it to him uh, and then never heard then a couple months later, he sent me actually pictures of it with my sign, you know, the, the lettering I did for my sign yeah. up there in his backyard. And it was just super cool to see work that I'd done 10, 12 years ago uh, in some little way used to this used dad. Used by someone to bring joy to kids. Yeah, to his kids. And his little thing looked awesome. And I just thought that was neat. It's that really I, something cool. Something I learned to, I did to learn CG was used to actually bring joy to kids in a very different way. You got to you gotta post that on our Insta. Okay. You, you really need to. All right. That's, I'm commanding you. Okay. Right now. I'm going to wait until you've done it. Okay. Let me do. Let me do. Let me do the ruining the magic. One. Ruin the magic. All right. Again, ruining the magic. It's a spoiler. If you don't want to know how the magic works, skip forward five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, not even five minutes for this okay. one. Okay. As you know, skip forward now. Wait, hold on. I think I want to skip. I'll skip right forward back. right now. Okay. As you know, the Jungle Cruise is a muddy water, right? Mm-hmm. And it is that way for two main reasons. One to give you the aesthetic of being in the jungle. Yeah. So it's a brown, murky water. Yeah, yeah. But the practical purpose is it hides the uh, the mechanics of the ride itself. Yeah. And I think I'll just say that. I'll just leave it at that without okay. f- fully spoiling the magic. The interesting thing, though, is the the distribution system for that dye is in Schweitzer Falls. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's actually how the dye is, is dispersed throughout the ride. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's a neat, neat fact. That's, that seems counterintuitive because the falls water seems so uh, clear. clear. Yeah, I know. Go figure. Uh, my last one is... I want to know the actual color code of that dye. Like what on the bottle of that dye, yes. what does the color label say? It's like a brown, a green, and a blue. Yeah. I know that much. It's a combination of all three. Yeah. But yes, I would like... like it's to called know. like... Yeah. You could have dyed your, your uh, pool that color. Yeah. What, what, uh, your dad would have freaked out then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay, dad. For a project I'm working on. That's no, no. All right. It's a uh, it's uh, it's brand integrity, Dad. Yeah, what Listen. do you want me to have? Just clear water in Come on, here. You can see how the whole thing works. Yeah. Otherwise, what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with you? There's like a tile fish on the bottom. That's totally out of theme. It's, we're not it's a tropical fish. Exactly. This is the jungle. Listen, we need to make people believe that they fall into this. They are going to drown or be yeah. eaten. All right, my favorite uh, fact. This is uh, this is a fact. It is a rumor in his legend. But wow. I am going to use this time to talk about it. Okay. Please. There is, at the very least, this may be Florida. It may apply to Disneyland as well. But I know for Florida, there is a tradition of initiating new skippers. Do you know this? Yeah. Okay. I believe that is a Disneyland thing as well. Okay. So the tradition of initiating new skippers into the ride is by tossing them overboard at the end of the day, uh, by the end of the first week uh, on the job. Yeah. And the rumor, the additional rumor is that that because of the 
die system of the of the uh, the ride. Yeah, that it may cause the skipper to then have to go get a tetanus shot. Oh, nice. Yes, man. That so, doesn't sound like a Cal. I, I I want that to be true for the rest of eternity, but that does not sound like a California thing anymore. Doesn't seem like it is. I know. But again, it's like after the ride is closed, after your first week, when yeah. you least expect it, the next thing you know, you're getting hoisted up by like five different skippers and getting tossed it's into the river. so much you don't want to lose that tradition. You're just like, no, it's clear. It's all clear. Oh, she's not here. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Go. No one's no one's going to say. Because the other thing is like, imagine if you're the one that rats everybody out for yeah, doing that. You just ruin the jungle. You're crew. blackballed. If anybody asks, you fell. You always fell. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You were doing everything right. You knew you we had trained you, but you fell. You should have known better. And you you missed your footing on the dock, yep. and the next thing you know, you the were in the footing was plenty wide. It was your fault. You have too big a feet. Your feet are too big. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've heard that. In, uh, yeah, heard somebody swam it once or something. Swam the whole thing. Oh, I've I'm heard sure, that too. I'm sure that's happened multiple times. Okay. Remember we're talking board games and uh, drinking Starbucks. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good day. Yes, it was a good day. Yeah, good. yeah. and you're all out of Starbucks. I'm now out of Starbucks. Time for more board games. Right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> this has been Bob's and Banthas. Uh, we release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, you know, wherever podcasts uh, are available. If we're not there, please let us know so we can put the show there because we want you to be able to listen to this show. Please be sure to subscribe, and we'd love it if you left a... Res- love it. You do the outro. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Bob Sleds and Banthas. What a fantastic episode. Hey, he's doing it. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, it was a great episode. You want to know where you can listen to Bob Sleds and Banthas, Scott? You can listen to it on Apple. You can listen to Google. You can listen to iHeartRadio, Overcast, Podcast, Podcast Supreme. Hey, 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 it's a podcast. (laughs) You can listen to it anywhere you want. Podcast, podcast, (laughs) podcast. Yep, yep. And uh, this is, hey, we love making this show. It's a really good show. And AM 720. In San Bernardino. Ah, yeah. Keep going. Uh, hey, listen. If there is a place that you want the podcast to be, and it is not there, you let us know. You let us know. We're going to put it there. Uh, we uh, would love it if Aaron you, will get right on that. He's going to put it wherever you tell him. Yep. If you want it on a cassette tape, yeah. delivered to your door every week, I'm making you a personal right. guarantee. But in all honesty, not far from my real job. Yeah, no, that's true. It's <laughs> right? pretty darn close. Hey, can you put this somewhere? Yep. Yeah. Where do you want me to put it? Just where you think it should be. All right. Okay. I'll catch in a little bit. You yeah. got it. So this is not that different. No. Keep going. Hey, please be sure to subscribe over at iTunes, and we would love it if you left us a review. It helps other people find the show. It lets us know how we're doing. It lets us know what you'd like to listen to. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. You've done something. You've put some positivity out in the world, and the world needs more positivity. That is true. So do that. You can leave it in the app right now. Or negativity, depending on what kind of test you're taking. Yeah, but leave us a five star. <laughs> yeah, leave us a five star review. A five star is positivity. Leave that is us a true. five star review. Do I'm just it saying, there's now. some tests you want to you want it to be negative. Why is it that way? Like you're like, how was the test? Oh, the test was negative. Oh no, 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 that's a good that's thing. That's good. Yeah, like, I really didn't want to be don't, positive. Don't you think the medical profession should just say, okay, enough yeah. is enough. Listen, yeah. if it's positive, it's good news. Yeah. If it's negative, it's bad news. That's, I agree with that. I agree. This I am positive that this outro has gone on way too it's long. It's gone bonkers. You it's gone. Stationary bananas. You can 
Visit us at bobsandbanthas.com. Please email us, info at bobsandbanthas.com, or you can DM us on Instagram. We're at bobsandbanthas. You should DM us on Instagram. If you want to do something with the show, we would love to do something with you, so let us know. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to Ravensburger again for uh, for giving us yeah, review copies of, of uh, The Jungle Cruise. We look forward to playing more Disney-themed board games. We can't wait for that, so thank you so much to our friends at Ravensburger for doing that. Uh, until next week... He has been Aaron. Yeah, about 75 calories and a two ounce serving of pasta. And I'm he, not into that. And he that's loves not worth it. it. He loves yeah, it's not worth it for me. Yeah. And uh, oh, somebody's checking that fact right now. They're like, that seems low. I think pasta's higher. 75 calories and how much? That's a two ounce serving. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.